Hello, 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 and welcome back into another episode of the Campus Visit Podcast. My name is Matthew Jackson. You guys can find me on Twitter, Debbie Matt. We are super excited to be back with you. We've taken a little bit of a hiatus. Things have been just absolutely crazy between COVID sicknesses and family emergencies, but we are super excited to be back talking all things Debbie and college football with you guys. Unfortunately, my co-partner, my uh, partner in crime co-host, Adam Lewis, is still under the weather with some COVID, but don't you guys worry. We brought in a real ringer for tonight, um, bringing in all the way from the Fantasy Football Authority, Fantasy Authority. Um, he's a co-host on the Debbie Authority there, also does some film work um, with the Fantasy Authority. My good friend um, of the show, Christian Wells. Christian, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. It's good to have you on here. It's we we we, t- we talk pretty infrequently off and on, man. I'm glad to finally be on here doing a podcast with you. I don't think I've ever actually done a podcast with you. I started over at the Debbie Authority, did like two or three episodes over there, and then you took over. So I'm glad that we can finally get get on and, and talk talk shop together. Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of a reunion of of some sort there. Both of us being on the Debbie Authority, I know you helped CJ get the thing off the ground, and and now it's just me solo with it. But hey, I'm I'm glad to finally be on a, a mic with you, Matt and. I'm glad I've recovered from the COVID as well. I was actually down and out with it last week, so I'm feeling good again and happy to be on the mic myself. I'm sure Adam will be pumped to get back. No, he, he, he sure is, and he'll hopefully be back next week for all those listening, but we're excited for tonight's show here with Christian. Man, that COVID is is something. I, for some reason, tested positive for it this week and don't have it. Like, I don't have any symptoms, so I guess that's grateful. I can actually be here podcasting with you guys. I'll try not to pass that on through the internet. I'm not really sure how this whole COVID thing works, but let's just <laughs> let, let's 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 just be careful anyway. I guess I don't know. But why don't you go ahead and tell the people where they can find you, all your stuff, um, and everything like that. Where, where where can they find you on Twitter? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Evil Empire FF, and uh, like you mentioned, all my work is with the the Fantasy Authority. So um, we're really about to crank out the rookie profiles from now leading up into the draft. All that'll be on our YouTube channel. Um, I'm also always in there in the Discord, holding it down, chatting with people in there. Um, and then I, ho- I host the uh, the Devi Authority podcast. So um, I'm about to have on some guests from the, the C to C side of things to kind of go in depth with some of the group of five guys in this 22 draft and kind of talk of the changing landscape of the Devi rankings as we've allowed the 22 guys to move on and bring in the class of 2025. So I'm excited for the for the next few months. I'm an off-season guy. For me, as soon as the season ends, that's when I get excited. That grind never stops, man. There's always a next class of rookies to talk about or incoming freshmen. So that's that's the best part of college football is talking about those incoming freshmen. Yeah, man. I'm looking forward to these freshman drafts and see to see here in a, in the next month. So, and we will definitely talk about one of those freshmen that all you guys need to be drafting um, here later on in the show. But before we do that, we're going to break down some news um, over the last week or so. Um, the, the the transfer portal is still hopping. Um, I don't know what else to say. It's it, it's almost easier now to say who is not in the transfer portal compared to who is actually in the thing. I mean, it seems like everybody is finding a new school. Teams are switching teams. I mean, the three way trade. Um, between Ole Miss, Oklahoma, and USC. I mean, just completely swapping offenses, it feels like. So there's been a lot of change, so we're going to break down some of that. Um, first piece of uh, news to talk about, I mentioned Ole Miss. Um, QB Jackson Dart, uh, the former quarterback from USC, um, the battle, he was battling for what it felt like most of the season between him and Keenan Slovis, um, started some, some, some games and looked really, really good. Um, he ended up at Ole Miss um, there with Lane Kiffin. Matt Corral's off to the NFL. They had a quarterback spot that was wide open for the taking. Um, and, man, I've got to say I like this Jackson Dart landing spot at, at Ole Miss. Um, the way Kiffin um, develops quarterbacks, 
of the offense, the the throw down the field, air it out type offense. I think Jackson Dart's really going to excel with his arm talent, the way he he his, he's accurate when he throws the ball. Um, he's got a great deep ball. I think he's really going to excel here at that Ole Miss offense and could see a massive rise in stock here over the coming few few weeks, months, and into the season. What do you think? Yeah, I can't agree anymore. I'm, I'm a big fan of Jackson Dart. When he did take over for Slovis, I'm with you. I thought he looked tremendous. It was the first time I had been excited about a USC quarterback in quite a long time, so it was it was awesome to see. Um, when, when, when Riley went out to USC, I'm like, man, I really wonder if he's going to keep Dart or if he's going to bring Williams with him, you know, and a part of me was like, man, Dart looked good enough. There's a chance he goes with him, but, but clearly Lincoln had uh, premeditated a lot of that movement that, that went down, um, allowing Dart to hit the free agent market. But man, what, what a landing spot landing with Lane Kiffin and Noel Miss, you're going from one co- uh, quarterback guru to another one. We just saw what Kiffin was able to do with Matt Corral. And I, I think we're going to see Jackson Dart just, you know, step right into that sex, uh, that success. And uh, it looks like Ole Miss didn't even miss a beat. Not to mention he's bringing his tight end with him, Michael Triggs. So, Nice, nice deal for Ole Miss. He might be stepping into the sex too. We're not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ole Miss a party school. I'm sure he's going to step into plenty of that. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got he's got Drummond. I think is I believe is still there. I don't think he committed for the NFL draft yet. He's got him. Um, Zach Evans. Um, looks like is is going to get most of the most of the carries there. Hopefully, yeah. if he if he doesn't limit his snaps like he's wanting to do, so they're going to have a good offense there. So I really like the landing spot there of Jackson Dart. Um, one other team that you had just mentioned, uh, we wasn't we weren't really sure if Caleb Williams is gonna, you know, end up at USC um, if Jackson Dart was gonna stay. Well, we finally have our answer right. Caleb Williams, after what seemed like a wild uh, last few weeks, you know, everybody was saying, is he gonna go to Wisconsin? Wisconsin seemed like the best landing spot. I got to tell you, man, I hated that. I hated that rumor. I gross. Mean, what? What? It, I don't know if there's a grosser passing offense to land. And then Wisconsin. Um, so I, I'm glad he's not there. Ends up landing at USC with his old coach. Um, USC is just looking like they're going to be a powerhouse this season. I mean, taking just about everybody from Oklahoma, put them on the USC, you know, roster. Pac-12 is a weaker, a weaker passing defense. Um, not many schools are going to be able to keep up with that offense. I think. I mean, you got him. You got Mario Williams. Um, who, who I really like this year to have a, another rise in stock. I mean, the sky's the limit for Caleb Williams. This was a business decision. He's going somewhere where, yes, he's going to have to sit a year. He won't play next year, I don't think, um, if I read the transfer rules right. But he, he, he's complete, He's looking He's looking for improve that uh, to, to, to go to the NFL. He, he's He's got money on his mind. He's going to be an NFL quarterback. I love this landing spot for USC, reuniting with his old coach. He's got a high-powered offense. It's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a fun – offense is going to be a fun team to watch oh for sure uh, i didn't realize he had to sit out if that's the case i, I missed that and that would that would be a bummer yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure according to the transfer rules i read it like last week or two weeks ago that he's gonna have to sit a year and he won't be eligible until next year um, if huh. I, read that right. I thought everybody got the freebie because COVID happened and it was just yeah. the wild west because of that but well, either way, I mean, USC is certainly on the way back. As far as this year, I still think they have some work to do on the offensive line, work to do on the defense. But, I mean, that offense is looking like it's going to be, you know, right, right where it was back in USC's prime with, you know, Mario Williams coming over there, um, Rayleigh Brown coming in as a, as a uh, recruit this year. That guy looks like he's going to be electric. Um, uh, the receiver was at CJ Williams coming in. I love him. Um, you know, Gary Bryant Jr. was tremendously productive last year. I mean, that's, there's just a lot of guys there. And, and we know that Lincoln Riley's an offensive guru and Caleb Williams is probably the favorite to be the first pick of that 24 NFL draft as of right now. So 
it looks like USC is on the way back up. As far as this year, I really think Utah is the only team that's going to potentially be in their way, but it looks like we're headed back to it being USC and everyone else west of the Mississippi. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's going to be a fun team to watch. That's probably one of my the teams that I'm looking forward to the most next season um, to see what they do. It's going to be a high-powered offense for sure. Um, diving into tonight's show, you guys know how this works by now. We we talk on this podcast outside the top 100 recruits. We talk freshman breakdowns. So we've got all that information, you guys. But we're, we're packaging it up a little different than we normally do. Um, we don't just have um, – two outside the top 100 guys, but we're going to do this in, in sort of a buy-sell fashion. So what we've done is we've compiled each two buys um, that you need to go out and acquire in your Debbie or C2C leagues and one guy that we're looking to sell. Um, that sell reason could be either he's inside the top 100 and doesn't deserve to be, um, his stock has hit his limit, um, and that'll be something that we hit on why he's a sell. Um, but let's go ahead and dive into our first buy outside the top 100. Um, Christian, why don't you go ahead and talk about your first guy? Yeah, man. So my first guy is Isaiah Nayer, the, the new wide receiver at the University of Texas. So he's 6'3", 210, uh, just transferred to Texas from Wyoming. Um, and I, I personally, as a Tennessee fan, am pretty devastated about that because he had announced his transfer to Tennessee, um, hung with us for about a week and a half. And then and then out of nowhere, there's the visit to Texas. There's probably a little more NIL money than we paid him and the fact that he's from Texas. So there he went. Um, he goes from you know, potentially teaming up with Hendon Hooker and Cedric Tillman here in Tennessee to now teaming up with Quinn Ewers and Xavier Worthy in Texas. And it's hard to say that's not an upgrade for him. I mean, Ewers is the, the top-rated quarterback prospect of all time, and my God, what a freshman year for Xavier Worthy last year. But to tell you a little bit about Nayer, he was only a two-star recruit in high school. Um, he's from Arlington, Texas. As I mentioned, this is a homecoming for him coming back to Texas. He was the number 3,168th overall player in the country. So completely off the radar, uh, the number 385 wide receiver and the number 469 player in the state of Texas. So barely a top 500 player in his own state in high school, uh, but finds his way to Wyoming and, and was just a tremendous player for Wyoming. This past season for Wyoming, he put up 44 catches for 878 yards and 12 touchdowns. Um, he had 2.96 uh, yards per team pass attempt. And, and get ready for this, Matt. His dominator rating was 60%, 60%. That, that's that, that's just Ridiculous. absolutely nuts. Um, this guy is a contested catch machine. He is tremendous at high pointing the ball. Um, he's a bigger jump ball guy, but manipulates his body well when he's in the open field. You can see the few times he is in the open field running with a lot of space. He really works the defender well with his eyes and his hips and, and shows flashes of being able to do some work at the open field. But in general, his game is, is playing the ball in the air, contested catches, high pointing. Um, I think this guy's going to be a big red zone weapon for Texas and, and step right in there to be the wide receiver too behind Worthy with a with a big arm quarterback. What do you think about Nayor? Yeah, I, I love Nayor. Um, I, first, the landing spot. I mean, couldn't have been a better landing spot. You got Quinn Ewers. Xavier Worthy takes the top off the defense, and you work underneath with contested catches. You've got B. John Robinson in the backfield. Man, that's another offense that's going to be super fun to watch. Um, Nayor, though, um, you hit the nail on the head. Um, everything that you said, I kind of wrote down. He's great at high-pointing the ball. Um, contested catches is definitely his game. Um, he's not exactly going to beat anybody deep, um, but he's not slow, right? I kind of noted that he's got a slow release. He doesn't get off the line. He doesn't explode off the line like some of your other receivers that you watch, but he's got deceptive speed. I mean, when he's got the ball in his hands, he's faster than you would have than he, than he looks when he gets off the line. So he, while he can't necessarily beat you deep, he can be a good – yards after the catch guy that once he makes those contested catches, he can get an extra, you know, 10, 15, 20 yards if he needs to. Um, he's got that deceptive speed. Um, he's got soft hands. Um, 
when, when, when he's by himself, strong hands when he's up in the air, high pointing the ball. I mean, contested catch machine. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Um, the only thing that I did notice about him that I'm not really sure how to feel is he has a tendency to, when I watch, sometimes round off his routes. He's not exactly crisp at sinking his hips, um, getting exploding through um, the top of his routes. But at the same time, he's he's pretty consistently getting separation. So I don't know if that's just an eye thing for me that I that it just bothers me. But if you're getting separation, it doesn't matter at the same time. And mm-hmm. when he doesn't get separation, he's he's hauling the ball down from like two guys that are guarding him. So um, it's not something that I could too t- terribly concerned about. Um, he's going to have to clean it up if he wants to go to the NFL. I mean, NFL DBs are faster, they're stronger. Um, you can't be lazy rounding off your routes when you get to the NFL. So that's something that I do want to see him clean up a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you there. He's definitely not a perfect prospect, but I, I love the size. I love the production. And and like we said, the, the landing spot is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So here's your, your first buy, Matt. Yeah, my first buy I'm going to talk about is Cincinnati quarterback Evan Prater. Um, that for, for, for me, he is a buy strictly based on opportunity, right? You look at Desmond Ritter, and what, regardless of what your feelings are on Desmond Ritter, he's going to get drafted this year. Um, it may be in the first round. It may be in the second round, cough, cough, like I think he probably should be. But he's not on the team anymore, and that quarterback competition is wide open. And for me, I think I think Evan Prater is going to be the guy that steps in and t- takes a death grip on that on that position. He's a former four star, six um, rated dual threat in his class. Um, athletic is the word that you need to describe this kid with. I mean, you look at him, and he when I watch his game, he's very Cam Newton esque. Uh, when he's running the ball, he, he's got he's a bigger frame quarterback, and he kind of reminds me a lot of Cam Newton that he's he's not sliding, he's he he's engaging tacklers, he's dragging tacklers, you know, extra yards, he's breaking through guys. Um, just a very strong, uh, big body runner that's athletic that can get you yards with his feet, hard to bring down. Um, for me, his deep ball does leave a little bit to be desired. He doesn't throw the prettiest deep ball. Um, a lot of that is mechanics. I mean, his, his footwork isn't clean. So if he can get a good quarterback coach this year, they can clean up some of his footwork and mechanics. I think his deep ball can improve a whole lot. Um, mostly from what I've seen, though, um, it, it's just it's it's a planning a foot thing. He's not driving through the balls. So one, once he starts doing that a little better, his, his arm his arm improves a little bit. His accuracy improves, and he turns into not just a running quarterback, an athletic quarterback that is just an athlete on the field. He can be a good quarterback. And opportunity is the king in in this game, right? You're looking for a guy that's going to step in and not have much competition. And outside of Evan Prater, there's not really anybody on that Cincinnati roster that I'm looking that's going to take Evan Prater's job. Um, They were a playoff team this year. They're going to have a good, they're going to have a good team. Um, I think, I think Evan Prater is, is going to see the rise in stock that we like to see, you know, when we do these outside the top 100 guys, we like to pick guys that can come in and, you know, be inside the top 100 or close to the top 100 by the season's end. I think Evan Prater can be one of those guys. And while, yes, I'm comparing him to Cam Newton, I don't think he's going to have a Heisman season, but he he can have that sort of career path where he can beat you with his legs. He can beat you with his arm. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Prater as well. I'm going to be trying to get him as many places as I can. The physical upside on this guy is just tremendous. I mean, he's 6'5", six, six, 190 coming out of high school. I'm sure he's put on a little bit of weight since he's been at Cincinnati. Um, but I mean, this guy's a basketball player type athlete and and talking about his mechanics and things like that, that he can improve on to improve that arm strength a little bit, whether it's footwork or things like that. 
the, this guy as a runner is is going to be effective at the college level, very effective. And look at a team like Cincinnati and their quarterback, Desmond Ritter. What are we talking about right now with the senior ball going on and all this? I mean, Desmond Ritter's not a, a perfect passer. You know, he's not very accurate. So it's it seems like it's kind of a similar situation as that. I think Evan Prater possesses better physical skills than Ritter, but th they kind of have similar issues. You know, when we've seen Desmond Ritter be a, you know, very upper echelon college performer with those flaws in this Cincinnati offense. And I think Evan Prater will be able to fit in just fine, but possesses a higher ceiling again with that Cam Newton type potential with that physical frame that he has yeah for sure definitely make sure you get him on your roster um who's the next guy that, that you're buying in offseason this year yeah so for me we're going to stick with the quarterback here as well and i'm going to head out to utah the the team that i mentioned to be the only team that could probably get in usc's way uh i'm a big fan of their quarterback cameron rising so cameron rising is 6'2 220 um as a recruit he was a four-star coming out of newberry park california uh he was the number two, uh, 247 overall player uh the number 11 pro style qb um, he originally went to Texas, but ended up transferring out to Utah. And they listed him as a pro-style quarterback, Matt. But I tell you what, this guy is is a dual-threat quarterback. He okay. is running the ball in college, and, and I love this guy as a runner. Uh, so real quick, let's run through his passing stats uh, before I get into his running ability. 63.8% uh, completion percentage, uh, 2,493 passing yards last year, 20 touchdowns, five picks. Uh, on the ground, he had four, 499 rush yards and six touchdowns on the ground. Um, he had a 7.79 yards per uh, pass attempt. Um, and then running running the ball, though, here's where I really want to get into this guy. So this guy, again, was listed as a pro-style quarterback. But when you watch him play, he, his escapability is, is tremendous. I mean, he's a gritty gamer. He escapes the pocket. He throws well on the run. Um, his experience-adjusted rush EPA per play last year was 0.77. Comparing that to some of the rushing quarterbacks in the NFL right now, Kyler Murray's was only 0.76 in 2018. So right there, the same as him. And Josh Allen was 0.46 and 17. So this guy is showing some moxie on the ground despite coming out as a pro-style quarterback. And I tell you what, I, I even like him as a passer. He, he throws well on the run, as I mentioned, and he has a really nice back shoulder throw. So he, he's a little sloppy when he plays. Like I said, he's one of these guys that's out of the pocket quite a bit and just improvising, but he does it well. And and I, I, I'm just a big fan of his game. Uh, what, what do you think about him, Matt? Yeah. I can't believe that he's a pro style quarterback when he when he was rated because I mean th this guy is mobile. Um, he's not just a guy that's going to get you you know 10, 15, 20 yards a game. I mean this guy can take off and run. He's an athletic quarterback, so um, definitely a dual more of a dual threat type guy. Um, but he's a dual threat that can pass the ball. I mean he's accurate on his deep ball. He throws with good velocity. Um, throws really well off platform. Um, doesn't have to have his feet set. And he can throw off his back foot well. Um, throw on the run and still be really accurate with the ball. So this guy is a passer that's just super athletic and can run with the ball really, really well. Um, I did know that he's not great on his level throws. So what do I mean by that? Um, we had Sean McAvoy here on the pod in, a while ago, and you guys remember that he he talked about your level throws and your level one, level two, level three, based on um, how much arc you need on the ball. If you can drive through the ball, your your levels get a little deeper. Um, Cameron, Cameron Rising, his third level throws, when he's passing, you're looking at 30, 30 yards plus, really, 30, 35, 40 yards plus. Um, he, he's getting a really, really bad arch on that ball. Um, kind of almost looks like a rainbow. Um, it's not, he's not driving the ball downfield like some of these top quarterbacks are. Um, so could potentially be a problem. Um, but not when you're looking at everything else that he does really well. Um, he's, he's an accurate quarterback. I like my quarterbacks to be accurate first and foremost. Um, he, his deep ball is accurate. Um, he, he is a good mobile quarterback. That's going to get you rushing yards and what do rushing yards equate to Christian. 
Fantasy they're points, quite, baby. They quit fantasy points. And we all want those fantasy points because that's how we win championships. Absolutely. Rising is going to be a guy that you want on your C2C roster because he's going to be a guy that's going to go out and get you, you know, a, a top 12 quarterback finish. It's going to help you win that C2C championship. And he's going to have good pro stock. So I, I think Cameron Rising is a great pick here. Yeah, and, and back to what you were saying about his uh, his throwing. I, I, when I'm watching him throw, it's not like a super clean release or delivery. Like I feel like he's he's almost a little short on 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 his windup and everything. So I feel like if he gets a a proper quarterback coach, we can work through some of those mechanics a little bit and maybe polish up that third level throw like you were talking about. Because when I watch him, it's not super crisp looking. Like I said, he's he's yeah. a little bit sloppy, but he's getting it done. You know, yeah. um, like he, he needs to work a little bit better within structure. But when the play breaks down, I, I want the ball in his hands. It's amazing how much of these quarterbacks, like you, you've got those physical tools and the intangibles, right? But like how much of the quarterback position is just fundamentals? I mean, I think of a guy like, I mean, let's take Joe Burrow right now uh, going to the Super Bowl. So let's talk Joe Burrow. By any means, he doesn't have the best arm talent, didn't have the best arm talent when he was coming into the NFL. But what did he have? He was a mechanically sound quarterback. And that that's why we've seen him succeed as well as he had. I mean, having good mechanics, good solid mechanics, and having somebody that can coach you through that can improve you drastically compared to guys that just have those physical skills, those those arm talent um, type guys. I'm thinking like Spencer Rattler where his 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 is decision-making and mechanics. But, you know, you kind of get what I'm saying. It's having mm-hmm. somebody that's mechanically sound can go a lot, a lot longer, a lot further than some of these other guys that are just special arm talents, quote-unquote. Yeah, I'm with you there. Who's your second buy? Yeah, so my second buy is Jaleel Farouk. And if you haven't heard that name, don't worry. It's only because he really only got action in one game this year. And that was the bowl game of Oregon versus Oklahoma. He's a he's Oklahoma wide receiver, 6'1", 200 pounds, former four-star and number 21 wide receiver in the class. So not too terribly down there, but when you look at who was on that depth, that depth chart, but before before the season is about to open, I mean, you had Marvin Mims, you had Mario Williams, Theo Weiss, Drake Stoops. I mean, just th- that was such a crowded wide receiver room. Well, what do we have going on now, Christian? I mean, it, it seems like the apocalypse. Mass exodus. Max exodus. Almost <laughs> to the point, not to bring it up, but I mean, the, <laughs> what, what, what we saw from Tennessee is kind of happening to Oklahoma a little bit. It is. And hey, they, they took like four of our guys. So, you know, what goes around comes around, right? It, it, it's all karma one way or another, I guess. Yeah, but they yeah, destroyed you, Eric Gray's career apparently out there. So I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> I still, I still hurt that Eric Gray didn't do what I thought he should have, and he still has time. I think he's a much better running back than Oklahoma was using him. So we'll we'll see. But going back to Julian Farouk, I mean, just with the mass exodus, I mean that wide receiver depth chart is wide open. I mean. You look at it, and there's not a wide receiver on that roster. Um, I mean, Marvin Mims is coming back, and then, and then who is it? I mean, it's it's nobody. Um, yeah, guys have left or graduated or have gone to the NFL, and the the, the opportunity is abundant there. And I think that Jaleel Farouk is going to come in and make the most out of that opportunity, and he already showed it a little in the bowl game versus Oregon when he had three catches for 64 yards. Um, he was primarily used in punt return duty. Um, his his first year at Oklahoma didn't really see playing time, but when he did come on, 
he, he came on in a special way. Um, in that bowl game, he was the second highest graded wide receiver in, in all of bowl season behind Jackson Smith and Jigba. And let's be honest, no one was touching JSM after what he did in the bowl game. So ha- being the second highest rated wide receiver is, is pretty special. What I've noticed about Jaleel Farouk is he high points the ball well. He's got good speed and pretty insane yards after the catchability. I mean, this dude, once he catches the ball, I mean, is a dangerous weapon in the open space. Um, he He's also one of those guys that needs to clean up his release a little bit, though. Um, I've noticed when I was watching him, he, he can occasionally get jammed at the line of scrimmage by taller and bigger defensive backs. So I want to see him, you know, improve his hand, his hand play game a little bit and be able to work, fight through those presses but look the sky's the limit for Jaleel Farouk he gets downfield well he's got good speed he catches the ball well he runs he runs pretty solid routes and no one else on that team other than Marvin Mims is going to be a threat to him I mean you're looking from a guy that could go from under 100 yards receiving to I mean you you could well sniff a thousand yards on on that roster so I mean I I'm all over and I'm all for Jaleel Farouk yeah, and the great thing about you being so convicted on a guy like this is is the price is probably pretty low on a guy like this because unlike Nayor, where we where he had almost a thousand yards last year, you know, like you said, Farouk did did literally nothing last year. So this is a guy that's not on most casual players' radars. You could probably go steal this guy for for next to nothing. Um, and like you said, I mean, this guy is pretty balanced across the board. You know, without listing every single trade a wide receiver can possess, this guy's not like the best at anything, but he's not bad at anything. Like he like you said, he's he's great. Um, after the catch, he, he his his release. I don't think I didn't, I didn't really notice it with his release when I watched his stuff. I thought he was actually pretty good on the release, but he tracks the ball well. He's a strong route runner. Um, I think he needs to add a little bit a little bit of strength, but I mean he, he's just you know tremendously balanced and can do just, just about everything you want to from a wide receiver. So I, I definitely think he's my favorite candidate to be that number two behind Mims this year as well. Um, you know we'll, we'll see if your bet pays off for you though. It's tough trading for these guys that have have no production uh, that aren't as true freshmen. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. easier to go for the freshmen because they, they all have no stats, you know, buying mm-hmm. one of these guys that that has like kind of a close to a freshman zero, you know, it's, it's tough to pick out those guys, but if you pick the right one, man, the, the, the reward is huge in it. Yeah. And the good thing is, is he isn't a freshman zero. I think you're referencing there um, Austin Debbie Dietz on, on Twitter. He, li- he listed all those freshman zeros and the, the career arc for those guys is really, really damning. It feels like if you're a freshman zero, you probably aren't going to do anything. But he 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 did enough this year that he's not labeled as a zero, which is at least a little promising. And in most rosters, he's not going to be, you know, he may not even be on a team. I mean, you might be able to steal this guy from a free agent pool in, in your C to C, you know, free agent and and incoming freshman draft. I mean, chances chances are if you, if you can't do that, I mean, he's still super cheap. You're you're not risking much. I mean, send a late round pick, and if he doesn't pay off, I mean, late round picks are, are for those dart throws. And I think Jaleel Farouk, if anything, is a heck of a dart throw. Absolutely, I think you picked as good of a, a, high, a low risk, high reward dart throw as you could find. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead now that we've broken down our two buys? It's time to break down some sells, and I I feel like we're going to have a little bit of a disagreement on our two sells. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to hearing who your first sell is. Yeah, so my cell is uh, Kendall Milton, the running back at Georgia. So Kendall Milton, 6'1", 220. Um, as a recruit, he was a four-star coming out of California. He was the number 54 overall player in the country, the number seven overall running back in the country. No surprise that a top 10 running back chose to go to Georgia. Uh, but so far in his career at Georgia, he's been there for two seasons. Um, he's only played 14 games because he's gotten he's hurt his MCL two years in a row. Um, total for the two seasons that he's been there, he has 91 carries for 457 yards and one rushing touchdown. 
and is literally a nothing in the passing game. He has three total receptions for 27 yards in those two seasons so far. Uh, so he strained his MCL, uh, returned in the playoff against Michigan this year and had seven rushes for 21 yards in that game. Um, as I mentioned, he also hurt his MCL his freshman year. He has seven games played in each season that he's been at Georgia so far, and 66 rushing yards is the biggest game that he's had at Georgia. Um, he's only had double-digit carries in two of his 14 games, and now he's got Branson Robinson and Andrew Paul coming in as well. So this is a guy where I like his talent. I mean, I, I don't need to harp on how talented Kendall Milton is. He, he's already 220 and is just a freak athlete as well, but he has nothing to show for his career really so far and going into his junior year. So he's still going in the fourth round of C2C startups. I know you and I were both doing some of those mocks they were doing a month ago or so. And the mock that I did, he went well before guys like Raheem Sanders, Marvin Harrison Jr. Give me those guys over Kendall Milton all day at this point. So that's why he's my sell. I just feel like where he's going, there's a laundry list of guys I'd rather have ahead of him at that point. Yeah, and that's fair. I can see that from a value standpoint. Um, I, I can see where you're coming from there. For me, um, I'm looking at it. And what is what is Georgia's calling card when it comes to running backs, it feels like? Kirby Smart loves to play his his – upperclassmen. He loves to play the guys that have been there on the team for a little bit. You know, there's several coaches in college that do that. Kirby Smart is one of them. Nick Saban's another one. Um, the coach from Florida, me and Adam talk about all the time, that's no longer at Florida. Um, like to do that as well. Um, but but when you look at it, I mean, you've got um, you've got two. They're, they're losing two running backs this year to the draft in Zamir White and Cook. Um, you, you look at it and Kendall Milton seems like he's going to be that next man up guy. Um, Georgia running backs get drafted. If there's a chance that a Georgia running back, I can get my hands on a Georgia running back. I'm going to take that because they're going to get drafted and they're going to get drafted with low mileage on the tires. And when you look at Kendall Milton, his game, there were several times when I was watching him that he looked like a much better running back than anybody else on that roster. Um, he was more explosive. He was more dynamic in the holes. He had better agility and, and lateral lateral feet work, footwork quickness than anybody else on that team. And they weren't using him because he was an underclassman and there were other guys they wanted to get the ball. Um, I like, I don't mind the fourth round startup pick. I mean, in that range, yes, I I would prefer to have somebody, um, one of the two guys that you mentioned. But I mean, if I can get him late fourth, early fifth, I'm still okay with that value because he's going to get drafted. He's going to see NFL upside. And he's stepping into an opportunity where he could potentially be the lead back. Um, the only way that I don't see this going right is if Branson Robinson gets more carries than I think he's going to get on that team because Branson Robinson is 100% NFL ready right now. So if he comes in and steals more carries than I think he's going to be, then that could potentially be a good sell too at the same time. Yeah, and I, and I definitely like Milton to lead the backfield there. For me, it's more of a price-dependent um, value grab. You know, I, I like the guys going around him quite a bit when I have some some doubts on him and – like I said, we're entering year three now without much to show uh, so far. So I'd rather just switch to another guy that's a little younger and has produced a little more um, yeah. if, if I can get them in the same round. Yeah, and I can see that. I mm-hmm. definitely understand that value standpoint. The value standpoint is a, a big reason why I chose my guy and, and Maryland's wide receiver, Rakeem Jarrett. Um, I'm going to read out his stats um, the last two years, and, and you're going you're gonna, to kind of ask why I have him listed as, as that, but – First year, 17 catches for 252 yards, two touchdowns. So he, he he had a good enough freshman season to not be listed as zero. Steps into this season and catches 62 passes for 829 yards and five touchdowns. So takes a, takes a 
a good step up in his sophomore season. That's what we like to see these guys. You know, you like to have a good step up in your sophomore season, um, be able to do a little bit more. Um, but when you look at look at Rakeem Jarrett, some, some of the things, I mean, while he might look good on paper, um, you look at it and he had, I believe, here it is, 1.77 yards per route run. When, when you look at uh, predictive statistics the, the, to make the transition in the next level, we like to see a much higher yards per route run when it comes to second-year wide receivers than that. I mean, that was, that was only good for, you know, he ranked 105th in the entire nation. I mean, there were 104 other guys that had more yards per route run than he did. He had like a 17, 17 or 18% dominator rating. Um, all those stats are courtesy of Michael um, Anal- Analytics on Twitter, and you can find those at the Debbie Database or Debbie Marketplace um, Discord. If you want those stats, make sure you hit him up. But it's a value standpoint for me. Um, he's still being drafted right around that third, fourth, fifth round. Um, and a lot of these drafts that I'm seeing, just kind of like kind of like Kendall Milton was. And when you look at somebody that's getting drafted there, I want to see you take a much bigger step up than than what I saw him do this year. Statistically, he's just when it comes to analytics, I mean, just didn't look all that good. Um, he didn't do what that kind of draft pick you would expect them to do. Like over a thousand yards is is what I want to see him do. Why he's yes, he's good after the catch. He, he's he's a really good yak machine. I mean, he just. He didn't do what I wanted him to do this year, and if I can sell him and get somebody that has already shown out more than more than Rakeem Jarrett has, I mean, I think people are drafting him right now based on name value alone. And if I can trade him for some of the other guys, um, I'm doing that ten times out of ten. Yeah, I can understand those concerns, but you know, like you said, unlike Milton, this guy this guy has been productive. You know, the, almost a thousand yards this year. I know that that was low, but. Uh, I mean, not, uh, not the thousand yards being low, but what you brought up being a little lower than you would like. Um, I'm, I'm on campus to Canton's website now looking at some of their um, advanced metrics over there. And as far as like uh, yards per team pass attempt last year, he had 1.6 during that, you know, monster end of the season that he had as a freshman. And we were excited about that this year. He upped it to, to 1.7, you know? So, I mean, it, it, maybe you wanted more of an increase, but he was at least the same player that he was at the back end of last year, as far as that goes. And like I said, as far as the counting stats to the more casual fans, I mean, you got almost a thousand yards here. And I, like I said, I'm not a film guy quite like you are. I know you grind more film than I do. But when I watch this guy, I, I see a crazy athlete here. I mean, this guy was a five star prospect coming out. And for me, when I'm watching this guy on film, this guy is a crazy athlete with great hands. And, and he's he's doing everything out there. Um, and, and he's he's got kind of that perfect size you want for wide receiver, too. He's, you know, six foot uh, 205 ish. You know, he's not too big. He's not too small. I think this is just a, a really balanced, you know, very high end athlete that is producing. You know, like I said, I know we're hoping for some some just crazy, you know, 30 plus percent dominator ratings, but he, he's producing nonetheless. And <clears throat> let me pull up what I got on him real quick. It almost feels like, though, guys in the same level. I mean, to, to your point, he's producing, but those guys that are in that same level or even lower than him on a lot of these draft boards that are producing more than he is and are, and are doing it at a, at a younger age. So, so for me, it, it's strictly a value thing for me when you look at it. Oh yeah. And I'm looking at my Debbie wide receivers right now. Like where do you have your, your rankings pretty up to date right now? Like where do you have him in wide, wide receiver rankings in Debbie right now? Yeah. Let me pull him up right now. I believe. I feel like, I feel like he's still a borderline top 10 receiver in Debbie right now. Yeah. If I, I believe if I did it right, if I have it, up here he's around the eight nine ten area for me yeah see i've got him at nine so for for me it's hard to be like man i've got a guy that's the number nine overall debbie wide receiver here 
and uh, I want to sell him. And this guy, you know, depending on if it's Debbie or C to C, whatever, if it's Debbie, this guy's just one year away from getting to your roster. Surely he'll be an early declare coming out of Maryland. And looking at that 23 class, it's absolutely loaded. We know the two guys up top with JSN and Boutte. After that, your guy, Jordan Addison, I know you've been on him longer than anybody I know. And for me, he is hands down uh, the wide receiver three in that class. Um, I don't know if you like him or Downs better nowadays, but then you got Downs, you got Parker Washington. I think after that group that I consider to be like really elite, a lot safer, you know, him and Quentin Johnston, Marvin Mims, like Jermaine Burton, I think he's right there in that group. And and I think the NFL is going to love his athleticism and how balanced of a player he is. And and like I said, he's he's putting up enough production to where it's not like, oh, man, what was this guy doing in college? You know, so I still think he's going to get draft capital. And and like I said, looking at my rankings, he's he's still a top 10 Debbie wide receiver right now. Yeah, I just looked and I have him at seven right now. So, I mean, I don't hate him by any by any means. Um, I still have him ranked pretty high. It's just value wise. I'm taking a lot of those other guys. It seems more consistently. I mean, you look at it and I mean, a guy like, for example, Mario Williams, um, is going to be drafted later, and I like him to just absolutely explode this season. Um, he's one guy. I mean, you got guys like what Sean Tucker is probably in that in that range. Um, Zay Flowers is probably in that range. While I would probably I would definitely take Raheem Jarrett over Zay Flowers, but they're all kind of mm-hmm. in that same range. There's several guys that I just kind of like more. Um, if you guys want my rankings, by the way, those are up on patreon.com forward slash Debbie database. So make sure yeah, you get those. They're pretty up to date, up to date. So make sure you guys sub to that and get those rankings. Um, moving on, we've got an incoming freshman to talk about Christian. We do. Um, we do. There, there, there is one guy every single year that I'm pounding the table for. Um, we talked a little bit on Twitter last, last season, it was Donovan Edwards and Xavier worthy. Um, that I pounded the table for, and I, I'm feeling pretty good about those two picks. It's the jury's still out, at least on one of them, um, to to just show out. Um, I think he will. Um, but my guy this year, um, I'm telling you, there's probably not a guy that I like better as an incoming freshman um, than St. John Bosco running back Rayshon Luke. Um, commit to Arizona. He's a four-star recruit. He was the number 20 running back in that class, and. Not not on a lot of people's radar, but what does he do? He goes to the All American game and just absolutely lights lights it up. I mean, All American Bowl MVP, two touchdowns. He had a massive sixty four yard touchdown run. He had a twenty yard catch. I mean, just lightning in a bottle. I think is the best way to describe this guy. Um, he's a former track background, um, nicknamed Speedy, um, Rayshon Speedy Luke, and and you can see that when you watch his film. Um, he, he clocked while he was running track at a sub 11, 100 meter. So this kid has got absolute wheels on him. Um, he was used some as a punt returner. Um, when you look at this guy's game, if he gets the crease, I mean, he's gone. If he gets any sort of daylight, like you're not catching Rayshon Luke, um, cuts on an absolute dime is explosive in the open field. His lateral agility, um, you, you had mentioned in our, in our, chat on, on on Twitter when we were talking about this guy. His spin move and lateral agility is just absolutely deadly. Um he cuts on a dime. He makes men miss, breaks breaks linebackers and safeties down in the open field and is running around them. Just he, he's gonna be a guy um that, that's going to a team with Jaden Delore in Arizona. I think Jaden Delore is going to be able to utilize his skill set, open up the running lanes um a lot in Arizona. Arizona has produced some pretty good running backs, some pretty good NFL players. Um, he can go to a team, be, be a guy that is, you know, r- just lightning in a bottle, uh, spark the offense type of guy, can be used as a pass catcher. The only knock on him is his size. I mean, he, he's he's probably never going to hit 200 pounds, 
But look, when it comes to C to C, I don't need you to hit that 200 pounds. When you can do what Rayshon Luke can do on the football field, I mean, this dude is going to be Deuce Vaughn on steroids. I mean, if you guys have Deuce Vaughn on the C to C roster, you know how good he is. He's a smaller back. This dude is infinitely better than Deuce Vaughn is. I mean, this dude is lightning in a bottle. I want him absolutely everywhere on my C to C roster. Oh, yeah. So you, you sent me this guy's tape to watch earlier. I didn't know too much about him. And I'm sitting here watching his film while I'm just, you know, sitting on the couch with my wife. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is nuts. And I'm getting so excited. I'm like showing my wife his film. I'm like, look at this spin move. Look at this. You see this? Like, I'm getting excited. I've got to show somebody, you know. And uh, it reminded me of I'm going to show my age here, Matt. It's going to remind me of watching Noel Devine's film. Way back when, if you remember that guy, just a little bitty dude that was just so electric. The film was jaw dropping. And that's what we have here with Rayshon Luke. And this is where it's a big difference to me, whether you're evaluating him for Debbie or for campus to Canton, as far as fantasy football goes, because if it's just Debbie, I don't really want much to do with him. You know, I'm a sizist when it comes to running back when they're this little. I mean, this guy's 175. Like you mentioned, he's probably never going to weigh 200 pounds. You're looking at like a Naheem Hines type here at the NFL level, but in college, Man, sign me up. Like Matt said, Deuce Vaughn's the guy that's gonna gonna come to mind. He's the little guy tearing up college football right now. And Deuce Vaughn was never this talented. So sign me up on Rayshon Luke at Arizona for campus to Canton purposes. And Matt, what is going on at Arizona? These guys go one and eleven last year. What what, what is Jed Fish telling these guys? They, they get Luke there. They get Delora. They get Jacob Cowan. They get uh, T Mac McMillan flipping there. Like. What is going on at Arizona where you're going 111 and pulling in players like this? I think it's the pedigree, right? I mean, you look at some of the NFL guys that Arizona's kicked out um, the last, you know, within the last five or six years. I mean, they can still produce NFL talent. So I, I think it's what one of it is you've got to have a coach that knows how to recruit. And I, and I think their coach does know how to recruit. Man, they're going to be they're going to be something. Um, I, I love I love absolutely love Rayshon Luke there. Um, you You hit the nail on the head. I mean. Debbie wise, I mean, I'm not sure what his stock are. I mean, you're, you're looking at a Darren Sproles, Danny Woodhead, um, Tariq Cohen type role. Um, but I think I think he can be one of those guys that 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 steps out and becomes one of those Darren Sproles type players. Um, I, I like to not bet on that. I'm a little bit of a sizes too when it comes to running backs. Um, but when you're as talented as Rashawn Luke is when you have the dangerous playmaking ability that Speedy Luke has. I mean, I'm taking I'm taking that as much as I can. I'm with you, man. S- sign me up for Luke and C to C. I'm gonna be a share or two here in a couple months. <laughs> yeah, I have like two C to C drafts going on right now. I'm trying to get as soon as the college draft starts. I'm gonna have him on my team. I'm gonna draft him probably higher than I need to. But that's our show for tonight. We appreciate you guys. I'm tuning in with us. Christian, why don't you give us some of your final thoughts and just remind everybody again where they can find you on Twitter, what you do, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was a blast. I appreciate you having me on. Um, my focus lately has been on the the 2022 uh, draft prospects coming up for our rookie drafts and dynasty. So this was refreshing to step back a couple of years into true Debbie talking about some high school guys. So uh, that was fun to chop it up. Again, you can find me on Twitter at Evil Empire FF and you can find all my content with the Fantasy Authority, mostly on the YouTube channel. Uh, But look for me on Twitter. I'll post everything that I put out over there. I'm looking forward to uh, chopping it up with you guys.
Yeah, make sure you guys check out that YouTube channel too. They've got a great YouTube channel over there. Lots of content flying all over there. So make sure you check that out. Sub to them. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter at Debbie Matt. Um, I do have all my rankings up, as I mentioned, on my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Debbie Database. Make sure you sub to that. Um, if you're not in the Discord yet, hit me up on Twitter. Um, we can get you into the Discord. My, my Discord Patreon chat is free to everybody. So get in there where we love to talk, hit it up, you know. Mix it up throughout the week, kind of breaks up a boring work week. So make sure you get in there. Um, check out the Patreon. Um, again, find me on Twitter at Debbie Matt. Um, this podcast is brought to you by the Debbie Marketplace with Kane Fasell and Shane Hallam. They normally record earlier on in the week. Um, you can find them um, on Twitter um, as well as their Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Debbie Marketplace. Um, again, I am Matt and this is Christian. Christian, it was good having you. Thanks for thanks for sitting here and talking football with me. Uh, make sure you guys rate and review the pod. If you haven't done that, we'd love to have your rate and reviews. Um, that's how we grow our brand, how we grow, get, get ourselves out there. So if you haven't done that yet, we would appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see you guys next week.